Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Listen, you will never become a son or a daughter of encouragement by reading a couple Bible verses a week. It just will never happen. You have to saturate your life in God's Word and in things like worship and things like prayer and fellowship and good works and witness, basically where our lives just become about the Lord. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Acts, chapter 11, verses 19 through 30, in a message titled, The Barnabas Ethos. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Remember, Barnabas, he brings this into the church in Antioch. And he brings this into the church, and it has an impact on the church. But it doesn't only impact the church. We read that, and many more were added to the church as a result of, of the ministry of Barnabas there. So it didn't just stay within the walls of the church, but it actually transferred outside. And of course, God is wanting to do two things. He's wanting to build us up and to bless us as his people through this encouragement ministry. But as he does that, he wants it to have an impact on the outside as well. He wants us to transfer from our gatherings. He wants it to reach out to the world. So that brings us to looking at the parakaleo uh, toward those who are outside the church. And this is so important at the present time. So important. You know, there, there are times in life, there are times in history even where, you know, there, there's a certain environment or a certain atmosphere that you find yourselves in. And in order to be effective ministers of the gospel in those atmospheres, sometimes we have to make certain kinds of adjustments. And we have to, you know, you might use the word recalibrate. We have to recalibrate toward, it's a different mood uh, today than it was, you know, maybe 25 years ago or, or something like that. And that's very much the case for us today. So we are living in what you might call the post-truth era. So post-truth, this is now a thing. You can even read about it. The Oxford Dictionary had it as the word of the year a couple years ago. So what is post-truth? Post-truth is Basically, if it's true for you, then it's true. That's what post-truth is. So it doesn't matter if it's actually true. Like we used to think truth was based on facts. So these certain facts are a reality, which then make this thing true. Post-truth says, well, none of that really matters anymore. I think it's true. I feel it's true. Therefore, it is true. That's the world that we are living in today. So since that's the world that we're living in today, we have got to know how to navigate this world. We're living at the time that the apostles warned about when people would reject the truth in favor of fables. And and we see this happening all around us today. So what are we to do? Well, we, we 
God's people, people who are followers of Christ, we can't go with the current post-truth attitude. We know that there's truth. Because for one, our Savior said he is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So, so we can't jettison truth like others are doing. No, we've got to stand firm on the truth. We've got to stand firm on it. We've got to live according to it. And we also have to proclaim it. And we have to, at times, push back against the post-truth mentality that we find ourselves in. So we must continue to speak the truth, but listen, we must do it wisely and winsomely. So we're living in a time now, it's, it's different than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, even five years ago. It's a different time. There's a, there's a different atmosphere, but we have the same task of speaking the truth but we have to do it in such a way that people are going to hear it. Now, if, if our approach to speaking the truth is that, that hard line, harsh, in your face, this is the truth, whether you like it or not, you know, we might be speaking the truth, but guess what? Nobody's listening. They, they just tune you out. They're just like, you know, they're, they're not going to hear a single word. Now, if we're speaking the truth, but nobody's hearing it, that's a problem. So, so we've got to do our best to make sure that we're communicating the truth in such a way that people, even those who would tend to not want to hear it, have at least somewhat of an openness. And, and that will come as we speak the truth wisely and, and winsomely. So it's not a compromising of the truth, but it's actually just adopting methods where we're going to be able to really, truly get people to listen to what we're saying. And it comes down to things like our tone and our demeanor. We must reflect Christ's love as we tell people the truth of the gospel. That's what we have to do. That's, that's the challenge that we have today. We, and, and we can meet that challenge if we are adopting the, the Barnabas, the Barnabas spirit, if you will. I, I call the message the Barnabas ethos. That's really what we're talking about here. Again, it's that characteristic. So that Barnabas characteristic, this is how we're going to be able to do this. And, and again, like I'm saying, we can't disregard the truth. We can't water down the truth. We have to still speak the same truths. But a lot of times it's going to really come down to how we're saying it, whether we're going to have an audience or not, whether anybody's going to listen, whether anybody's going to pay attention. So what I'm saying is the truth stands, but we have to adjust the way we present the truth. And you know what? This is actually biblical. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul said. So if we've been doing it the other way or we got used to doing it the other way because the culture, you know, kind of lent itself to us having more of a harsh, finger-pointing, uh, condemning type of an approach to the truth, which I think it did, those days are gone. But the right way has always been 
The biblical way has always been what Paul communicated in his letter to the Colossians, chapter four, verses five and six. Listen to what he said. He said, walk in wisdom toward those who were outside, redeeming the time. And then he said this, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. It's the, the parakaleo. Your speech, let it always be with grace, coming alongside to comfort, to encourage, those kinds of things. Seasoned with salt. That's the other side of it. So you see, again, we are tasked with proclaiming the truth. But what I'm saying is today, people's receiving of the truth will have a lot to do with the way we communicate it. And that's where the coming alongside, you know, the, the conversation with a person. You know, as, as Christians, when we express the truth, this is a problem. Sometimes we express it like we're, we're angry. There's, there's like an anger there, you know. And you know, we're, we don't have to be angry in expressing the truth. We shouldn't be angry in expressing the truth. We ought to just be able to just, you know, get the truth right out there. But so often there, there is an anger. And if you doubt what I'm saying, just go on Facebook. <laughs> and you can find plenty of anger. <laughs> and sadly, it's being expressed by Christians. And, you know, there's somebody that's doing something that they don't approve of, and, and, and it's wrong. It's, you know, the Bible doesn't approve of it either. And the approach is, hey, did you know you're going to burn in hell over that? And, um, you know, okay, it might be true in the end that, you know, of course people are, people are going to hell. That is true. But sometimes the way it's being expressed, it's like, did you know you're going to hell and I'm really happy about that? That's where the problem comes in. Because... Remember, we were all going to hell until Jesus uh, intervened in our lives. And the only difference between us and everybody else, remember, it's just the grace of God. That's the thing that separates us from everyone else. We've received God's grace. They've yet to do it. But the likelihood that they're going to do it is going to increase if they sense in us a sympathetic, loving insistence on the truth. So we're not backing down from the truth, but we're going to present it in a sympathetic and in a, a loving way. And so this is the, the ministry that we're talking about. This is the ministry that we see modeled by Barnabas. This is the ministry that we want to model as believers in the world today. And this is the ministry that we want to experience among ourselves encouraging one another, speaking the truth to one another in love, comforting when comfort is needed, exhorting when exhortation is needed. And it's through this ministry that we are built up and, and brought to a maturity in our faith. Now, maybe as we're talking about this, maybe this word Paracleo, maybe 
this has reminded you of another similar word. If you've been a Christian for a while, if you've been around Bible teaching, you've heard this other word for sure. And it's the word parakletos. That's the word that Jesus uses in reference to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said concerning the Holy Spirit, he, he referred to the Holy Spirit as the comforter, or that's how we translate it. But it's the word parakletos, which is the noun of the verb parakaleo. So the Holy Spirit is, is the comforter. It's also translated in English as helper. So the Holy Spirit is the comforter. The Holy Spirit is the helper. One other time this word is uh, used in the New Testament, and it actually refers to Jesus. And the English word is uh, the advocate. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Uh, the word is applied to him there. But Jesus applies that word to the Holy Spirit. Now, notice what the text said about Barnabas. It says that he was a man who was full of the Holy Spirit. You see, this is the secret. Because the question is, how do we get this Barnabas ethos? How, do we, how, how can this be who we are as individual believers? And how can this be uh, who we are as, as, a, as a community of believers? The key is the Holy Spirit. It's the person of the Spirit. Barnabas is, is full of the Spirit. And these beautiful things that, that you see proceeding from his life that cause the other apostles to say, hey, that guy is the son of encouragement. It, it's that work of the Spirit. Now, you know, naturally, we, we all have different temperaments, right? And there are some people who are, their temperament is more mild. Their temperament is... You know, they're, they're a bit timid in, in certain ways. And, you know, laid back is maybe a term that we would use to refer to that person. You know, oh, man, they're, they're so laid back. That's a temperament. But, but then you have, you have another temperament that is, man, this person is intense. You know, this, this person is like, you know, they're kind of aggressive. And, they, you know, they're kind of pushy. And, you know, that's just... Genetics. I mean, that's just, you know, you got that from your parents. You got that from, you know, your genes. But the person who is naturally more mild and timid, what, what do they need? Well, if you're going to do what we're talking about here, you need that, you need a boost. You know, you need, you need that that urgency that kind of comes upon you that brings you out of your natural temperament and, and helps you to be a little bit more aggressive, to be a little bit more passionate maybe, to be a little bit more intense. But then the person who's naturally like that, what do they need? They need it to be toned down a little bit. Man, you're, you're coming on way too strong, buddy. The Holy Spirit, this is the beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit this is what he does. He takes those who tend to be of a mild temperament and he excites them, he energizes them. And he takes those who are of an intense spirit and he mellows them out. He calms them down. 
And so you see, it's that, it's that combination of things. But again, it goes back to Barnabas was a man who was filled with the Spirit. So here's really the question. How do we be filled with the Spirit? How, how does this happen? Now, when it comes to being filled with the Spirit, there are different things that the Scripture teaches, and we have examples of people being prayed for, hands laid on them, they were filled with the Spirit. But you know, when the Bible talks about the ministry of the Holy Spirit among us, there's, there's a couple of different things that are actually being communicated. Sometimes what we're talking about is an empowering of the Spirit, and enabling supernaturally by the Spirit of God for service, gifts that are given to people for service. But then there is what we would commonly refer to as the fruit of the Spirit. And that's a bit of a different thing. The fruit of the Spirit is, has more to do with, not so much with giftings, but with, but with temperament. So the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control and those things. Now, so the question is, well, you know, Barnabas is filled with the Spirit. He's the son of encouragement. How does this happen for me? So what, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, in this case, I don't think we're talking so much about, hey, come up, let's lay hands on you, pray for you to be filled with the Spirit. You'll go out the door and you'll be that person. What we're talking about here is more of a lifestyle filling with the Spirit. You know, the truth is we're filled with the Spirit by saturating our lives with the things of the Spirit. That's how we're filled with the Spirit. So if you're just depending on, yeah, I went forward to church, they laid hands on me, prayed for me to get filled with the Spirit. If you're just depending on that, you're going to find that you're, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of inconsistency. You might even have gifts of the Spirit that work in your life, but your character is really questionable at times. That can happen. The, the Corinthians were, they were a gifted congregation. Paul says, you've come behind in no gift, but they had all kinds of problems. There's all kinds of carnality among them. Carnality meaning that although they were Christians, they didn't really behave like Christians. But what Barnabas obviously did is he really behaved like a Christian. He was full of the Holy Spirit in the sense that he, his life was saturated in the Spirit. Now, I want you to think about that word for a second, saturated. Or think about another word, soak. That's what we're talking about. Now, if something is going to be saturated or, you know, if, if, if something's going to soak you know, like a sponge, you put a sponge, you know, you can run the sponge under the water real quick and squeeze it. And, you know, then you're off cleaning the counter. But if you drop that thing in the water and leave it in there for a while, you know, it is really going to just, it's going to soak up to its full capacity. And, and that's kind of the picture that we're talking about here. So we have to saturate ourselves in the things of the spirit. What are the things of the spirit? Well, God's word, being in God's word. Listen, you will never become a son or a daughter of encouragement by reading a couple Bible verses a week. It just, it just will never happen. You have to saturate your life in God's word and in things like worship and things like prayer and fellowship and good works and witness, basically where, where our lives just become about the Lord. 
Our lives become primarily about the things of the Spirit. Yes, we all do other things. We have jobs and we have interests and we have hobbies and we have all those things. But you know, sometimes those things can take up so much of our time that we never actually do saturate ourselves. So that means there are times when I have to look at my life and say, wait, you know, I don't need to do this. And I'm, I'm, I'm really distracted by that over there. And we need to do a little uh, priority arrangement because the most important thing is that we're filled with the spirit. And the only way to get filled with the spirit is to saturate ourselves in the things of the spirit, God's word, worship, prayer, fellowship, good works, witness those things. And as we do that, what we're going to find is that we will be daughters and sons of encouragement. That, that beautiful parakaleo thing will happen through us as we gather together as God's people, whether it be uh, you know, here on the campus or out in a home at a community group or wherever you gather with God's people. That'll be happening. And then as, as you go out into the world, as you're saturated in the things of the Spirit, you will be that person who, as Paul said, you're walking in wisdom toward those that are outside. You're redeeming the time. And your speech is full of grace, but it's seasoned with salt. That's what we need in the church. That's what's needed out in the world. And Barnabas... Wonderful Barnabas shows us that this is, this is what God intends. Now, some of you know this. I have a dog named Barnabas. But I didn't name him Barnabas. Cheryl named him Barnabas. But listen, Cheryl named him Barnabas before we ever had him. She used to go around, I want a golden doodle. I want a golden doodle so bad. We need a dog. Honey, the last thing we need in our lives right now is a dog. We have had 20 dogs, and we do not need another dog. Oh, no, we need a dog. I need my little Barnabas, she would say. Son of encouragement. Brian, you travel too much. You're gone. I need to be encouraged. I need a golden doodle named Barnabas. So my daughters did sabotage me. And on Cheryl's birthday a couple of years ago, they brought home a little golden doodle. And the minute Cheryl looked at him, said, oh, Barnabas. <laughs> so, and you know, he really is a son of encouragement. Cheryl's been gone all weekend. I've been greatly encouraged by Barnabas. <laughs> you know, sometimes I look at Barnabas and I think, I, I, I wish I could be more like him. You know, he's really encouraging. He's whenever we take him for a walk, you know what people stop and say? This is the happiest dog we've ever seen. How, why is this dog so happy? I don't know. Son of encouragement. I don't know. It's just what it, you know, it's just who he is. It's just his, it's his personality. But you know, God wants to do that kind of thing with us, that we would be. And remember, this was a nickname. <laughs> they just looked at him and go, man, Joseph, no, forget that. This guy is Barnabas. This guy is son of encouragement. And, you know, that we might be able to look around at each other and say, you know, no, this, this person, 
this girl right here, this lady, oh, she is so encouraging. This, this guy, this man has encouraged me so much. God help us. May that be. May that be the ethos of our own lives and of our collective experience as the body of Christ. For the month of April, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled 10 Questions Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin. The youth of today's culture, both Christian and non-Christian alike, wrestle with the issues of racism, universal truth, identity, science and faith, sexuality and suffering, just to name a few. These are essential topics that any parent, grandparent, guardian or friend should help the next generation answer. The book, 10 Questions That Every Teen Should Ask and Answer About Christianity by Rebecca McLaughlin is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.